0: Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
1: Here's an email I'll read just before we welcome our next guest because it is to do with uh, the segment Joseph Dreesen did with us back in October on this issue of oppositional behaviour by children beyond the norm uh, when it comes to uh, disciplining practices just not working and what can be going on uh, with some children or at different times with children. Uh, One emailer, and we've had more than one of these, but one emailer says, I'd like to say a huge thank you for having Joseph on the show. I heard his first discussion regarding the best way to manage an angry child and wow, what an incredible effect it had. I had been struggling to find a way to manage my child's meltdowns in a constructive way. I listened intently to the interview and I followed this advice, counterintuitive and all. I'm extremely grateful uh, as it even as even though it took a concentrated effort on my part to show kindness and calmness in these moments of extreme anger and frustration, the response and improvement from my child's been amazing. Overall he's calmer and happier and genuinely appreciates the way we deal with him now. I cannot thank Joseph enough. We have had several emails to that effect over. Over the last months. So we'll get to part two strategies for parenting disobedient and unreasonable children. Education consultant and commentator Joseph Griesen is our guest. And welcome back, Joseph.
2: Hey, welcome back, Catherine. Nice to hear those positive uh, emails. I've had them as well. So it's obviously uh, helping parents, and that's the aim of these talks. So that's great. It's a big so,
1: um, it's a big yeah, topic isn't on. it it's a big topic disobedience because the causes can be very complex and just explain a little more what that complexity is
2: yeah I think there are three causes, and the parents really need to be very careful about them. The first cause we have talked about last time, which is the child has been uh, the child feels you haven't loved me, so therefore don't discipline me that is very deep seated, and that ongoing disappointment by the child uh, can can result in sort of protest i'm not doing anything what you tell me because you haven't loved me enough. Now, they don't articulate that. They just feel that There's this is a resentment. And so going into an, a, a hard line, you will obey me kind of thing with a child like that is counterproductive. But I think we've dealt with that quite well last time. The other thing we also need to mention is that some parents can get into a, a, a behavior where they are loving, but they're quite aggressive in and punitive in their uh, in their in their approach and the child reacts to that so we're not actually that's the second thing actually we talked about that last, time as well you need to back off and just try and be more gentle and more caring and nurturing but what I thought we'd talk about today is the third kind of parenting fault which all of us make to a degree and that is when the parent is actually quite permissive they they find it hard to set limits and I thought we could talk about that today.
1: What are the characteristics of a a permissive parenting style? The permissive parent
2: loves their children enormously. They often feel their their love for their child intensely, and they are actually tremendously caring. They are also reasonable and talk a lot and ask questions. But when it comes to setting a limit to the child, uh, two things go wrong. One is that. The parent actually has doubts about whether they should do this. You know, they think maybe it's wrong. My little child is now distressed or my teenager feels really bad that I'm saying no. And maybe this is the wrong way. Maybe it should come from them. And that, and so that's the first read, the, the cause of it. The parent is actually committed to a parenting style which assumes the child is able to uh, manage themselves. But that's not true. That the parent needs to realize that they need to set limits first, they need to discipline the child first, and then the child will gain autonomy and self-discipline. They discover it's not so bad after all. So the first thing what the parents need to do is to reflect, is it bad or good to set limits to your child and make them feel frustrated that they can't do X, Y, Z? And, and and that needs to change in some parents because they are deeply committed to this belief system, and they will argue with their partners or the other parent. They will argue with the school. They will argue with the principal because deep-seatedly they believe the child should reach these decisions by themselves, but that's inaccurate. The second thing these parents need to realize is their own feelings. Like when the child is distressed, the toddler is distressed because they have to pick up the toys or they can't get their dessert or the teenager is angry because they wanted to drive the car but they're not allowed to, that distress, uh, the parent really reacts Uh, disproportionately to the distress, and they feel themselves very distressed. They become really distressed, and, and they feel so bad that they just want to give in to get rid of the feelings for the children and themselves. But again, they have to think to themselves, you know, is it bad for a child to feel frustration, to be disappointed, to be distressed? And the answer is no, it's good. They need to feel it in order to manage it. So those two causes of permissive parenting are really important for the parents who are listening to it. And they need to actually really think about it themselves and, and rethink their thoughts and reevaluate
1: how they manage their own emotions. If you go through that process and reach a conclusion that you want to do things differently, how do you begin to go about it?
2: Yeah, well, um, I thought I thought about that quite carefully because in some families, actually, all you need to do is to show that you mean it, that you've got that, you get that edge. You say, "Look, I'm I'm not having it." Uh, you know, you, you have to go to your room, or or it's just not happening. And amazingly, the child often likes that; they they enjoy it. And in fact, for some families, just reflecting and changing their philosophy and their approach will do the job and they, by intuition, will get it right. However, for some families this is not going to work because the child has attained top dog status and I just want to talk about that. Um, Like if you look at a wolf pack, the the average wolf pack member is very friendly, appeasing and wags its tail, especially to the alpha wolves. They're nice. Um, But once they become top wolf, they become aggressive, uh, they become arrogant, audacious, and they just constantly keep the pack under control. That's sort of when you become – when, and that is sort of a biological mechanism which dogs do at home. Like some people have a big dog and they can't control them and the dog bosses them around. But children will do that as well if they gain control of the family by saying, well, I just refuse. I'm just not doing what you tell me to do. That actually belongs to the chief executive. You know, that belongs to a very high-ranking social member, and with that, become comes a biological approach of arrogance, of, of defiance, of uh, of escalating, of provoking the parent. And so, when the permissive parents all of a sudden wants a change, um, they've got a fight on their hands, and and sometimes they can go horribly wrong. And the parent hasn't got the resources to win that. And so, I'm proposing a different approach.
1: You had completed the the introduction, and uh, what I was attempting to ask you before the Gremlins got in there was okay, this cool. this new yep. approach. So where do we begin with the approach you're proposing? Um, I think the
3: first thing which many parents find helpful is actually to uh, to divide uh, the job into into three parts. The first part is to manage the disobedience episode uh, like in my previous interview, where you just stay very calm, you sidestep it, you don't buy into it. And you just live with it for a while, and then following that, when the child is calm uh i would uh, I would make an appointment with them like I said their morning or the next day or maybe after uh, an hour later, and then start talking start giving the child talks about we' a team uh, you're part of a kind of you know of a family, and we do we do our part and you do your part and and you want you want to budget that. It's just a very calm talk you're just laying the foundation and it will take you maybe two or three times for that talk to percolate and and you choose a moment and then the episodes of disobedience, you just sidestep them, you manage them as best as you can, but you don't engage with them. So it starts to sow doubts in the child's mind because you're not reacting to their disobedience, but you're in fact talking about teamwork and, and responsibility. And then the next thing is what I would make a a little meeting and write a list of all the privileges and things which the child gets from the household. And then a list of what the duties are, their little chores and on their responsibilities. And on top of the list should be accepting the authority of the parent. Now, again, that's not a shaming talk. It's not an emotional talk. It's a bit like, you know, how to fix the lawnmower. It's a very factual talk. Might only take five or ten minutes. And, and the child is kind of taken aback by the calmness of the parent and, and just the whole the whole theoretical look at it, you know, this is how it works. And so I would do that, and I would just make it a sort of a three-month project. It's not going to happen straight away, but you don't want to activate the aggression of the child because you have lost it in the past, and so, and so you do that. And then once that's starting to kind of, the child is starting to think about it, then you have another meeting with the child and they say, now what happens if you make a mistake? What happens if I ask you tomorrow to help you to dry the dishes and you forget the talk and, 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 and you don't do it? What shall we do about that? And the child, because they're calm and it's not the incident at all, they, they say, well, what would you like me to do? And you suggest, well, what about you cross three or four of your privileges just for a day? So you learn. It's, it's sort of a sharp, uh, quite a significant loss of privileges, but it's brief. And you say, it's your choice, and and we can talk about that. Why that is, it gives the child a sense of power and a sense of that I've got some control over the situation, and that often is way better. So I would spend some time preparing the child for the confrontation, which is bound to come.
1: They're also invested in the process, aren't they, when they're actually volunteering what the what the uh, what the consequence might be again again as you said last time you need to allow time you need to be patient and persist with this stage of the process yeah
3: yes yes you you got to see like a 3 month project really or even sometimes a 6 month project where you're just looking for a diminution a diminution of the of the disobedience episodes they gradually get less and less and so when the child when when you think, well, we've set the preparation, then you actually try and do a, a pick-a-fight which is really winnable, like a very small thing, um, and, 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 you, and you prepare the child. You say, hey, you know what, after dinner, you know, I'm going to uh, do the dishes, and I'm going to ask you to dry them, you know. while well, while you're having dessert, and you say, and, and you probably find it a little bit difficult because you want to go off and do something, but remember, we've had a little talk, and I would like you to do that. So it- let's, let's make that a, the example. And then when the time comes, you say, remember, I'm going to ask you something difficult. And you make a joke about it, and you keep it all very light. That is, you want to sidestep the aggression. And then you ask it, say, would you mind doing that for me? And when they do, you say, that's really great. Don't, don't, don't become effusive and say, oh, what a wonderful child. Right? You say, that's really great. That's how we want it. And you won that battle, and so then you try the next one. But there will be a stage when the child says, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to dry these dishes. I'm not going to do that. And uh, I'm just going to do my own thing and uh, slam the door.
1: What happens then?
3: then? Yeah, and then you're going to wait and you do nothing. And then you wait till the afternoon or the next morning. And you say, I just need to have a little chat with you now. You pick your time because it might take five minutes. And you say, remember when what we were going to do when you made a little mistake. Notice your language is diminutive, but your actions are not. Your language is calm. You're not getting angry. You're getting even. <laughs> you sort of uh, you, you stay calm. You stay the parent. You stay the adult. That's what the child really, really wants. And then you say, now you've we've got to go through the process, and you've got to choose some of these things. If you've done it calmly, and if you have sort of prepared the ground, there's a, a, a probably 80% chance that the child will agree and and do that. If they disagree, you say, well, I will choose. You know, I will choose for you. And uh, and if the child accepts that, well, you've won a, you've won one battle. If you win the first battle, the next one will be easier. And uh, and so that's what I recommend. That's sort of phase one.
1: Where phase do we go two. from there? Yeah, carry on. <laughs> Where yeah, do yeah, we go okay. from there?
3: Phase two is when the child uh, escalates and says, "I'm not going to do that. They're going to stay top dog at all costs, and you are completely disempowered. And what are you going to do now?" And so I propose to you that there are three three possibilities. The first possibility is that you do it very calmly yourself, that you invest in a really good lockable cupboard, and that you just, on the list of privileges, iPads, phones, and this and that, etc., and that you just say, I'm, I'm putting them away for a day myself. And, and There's a chance that some children will in fact become highly aggressive and physical with you. Some parents are, are actually afraid of their children, because the child will then become physically aggressive. But I recommend that if you stay calm and loving and caring, and and do that on a on a, a well timed thing, it will work. The other thing which I haven't talked about before is the fact sometimes timeout works really well. I've just been recently talking to a family with the most unreasonable children. And in fact, they, 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 the only thing which works for some of these children is where they, they, they have to sit in their room and the parent sits outside the room, so there's sort of a, a connection and the child cries and screams and hollers, et cetera. But then they become calm and then they will agree. So that's doing it by yourself, going down that track. Staying calm is the key. However, most parents find this hard. They need support, and I would recommend that two adults are sort of the ratio you need with a difficult child. So I recommend that the parents have a meeting together and, and have a talk. They calmly sit down together on in the afternoon or after dinner and together time, calmly go through this talk and insist on, on the privileges being removed. If that doesn't work, sometimes people have nobody in their houses. You can have a, a sibling or a friend, that is, two adults. Or you can ask a principal, a huge number of principals, uh, or especially smaller schools are only too happy to help, and you just have an interview. I know one parent who marched her child to school the next day and had a pre meeting with the principal where the principal just said that they wanted the child to obey their mother. Wow, that was amazing. So I would try that. I would try that. and uh, And uh, – uh, Two adults and insisting and, and having a bit of a row, but staying very calm and loving often is a breakthrough it's needed.
1: And the last step, if you really are still not winning, is, is some kind of professional help here. But...
3: Yeah, the, the last thing, Catherine, is that for many parents this will work, but for some it won't. It's just too hard. Uh, the child is just out of control, or the child might have a personality issue which is just beyond them. And uh, like I was talking to a group of parents, uh, two parents, uh, where they admitted that half the house is damaged because the child just throws a mess or wobbly and smashes something, and they don't know what they need is help. And what they need is a sort of a uh, a coach, a parenting coach. Um, they need more than just the incredible years. They need a parenting coach who is who is willing to address and help them strengthening the parents' strategies with the child and often uh, an outsider talking to the child is often very good as well. So what I'm saying to these parents, uh, it's a small group of parents who are listening about this, uh, who are in that situation. I would like, if your car breaks down, you go to the garage. If you get really unhealthy, you go to the doctor. If your family is not functioning, you should try and go and help from a a psychologist or a family therapist.
1: Just, Similar between the two talks is this idea of progress being made when there is calmness, your calmness, but also... When the child's off the edge, they're not going to be processing much either. So it's this idea no. of returning to the conversation when there is calm. Absolutely. Uh, I- I'm interested in the transition this time, though, after you've gone through this phase of saying this is how it's going to be and calmly talking about it and just trying to you know, m- work around episodes as best you can while you're laying the groundwork. I imagine there are... Um, forwards and backs in, in, in that process as well and is it just a case of staying on track and just going yeah. back and saying okay if you're not going to talk to me about what we're going to do as a consequence then i'm just going to tell you what the consequence is yeah, just correct. just staying on track yeah. and coming up staying with
3: on track and if you if the parent has a picture in their mind like let's pretend that you're on top of the mountain in, in, in the south island you know and you walk down the ridge what happens is you go down the ridges and, the, and the, the gradually the mountains go lower and lower and lower until you reach the valley. And I would see it like that. The parent mustn't expect that the whole thing is going to be solved overnight. They themselves are going to make a mistake. The child is going to make a mistake. Um, but what they're looking for, and they could even draw a little diagram and, and, and put it on, on their, in their diary, you'd expect the frequency of the episodes to become less and the intensity to become less. And so gradually, like that mountain range, which is going down and down, you think, well, okay, it's not as good as we want it to be, but it's a lot better, and they become more more further apart. And That's what you're looking for. If that's happening, then you're on the right track and you need to do that. It's really cool.
1: I think worth repeating also is how you respond when you start to get compliance, because you were saying, don't go over the top with praise. Why? Why is that? Is this because the child is still moving between two head spaces, and and how would it yeah. be interpreted if you're too lavish with praise?
3: Yes, it's very it's a paradox which I think many many parents and teachers learn that once a child is sort of much better. If you become effusive, emotional, oh, what a wonderful thing. I'm so proud of you. And I'm telling you, some parents will do that because they're intensely emotional and they feel so relieved that things are better. that They hug their child and say, I knew you could do it. You're such a wonderful child. Et cetera, et cetera. The child is rocked because they actually want the parent to be a little bit reserved. They've actually, they're becoming less anxious because the parent is more like a parent. And all of a sudden, the parent Defaults back to being a friend and and um, uh, and being emotional and showing their vulnerability and the child might even see it as appeasement, and so the fundamental thing is that in fact many children when they're through difficulties they like the the parent or the teacher to be kind, uh, but a little bit reserved, meaning. I'm happy with you, but, you know, this is how it should have been, and uh, let's not get too happy and friendly straight away. And that reserve and calmness and reliability is, in fact, a signal to the child, hey, I've got a parent back. I've got a parent who's truly in charge of themselves, and, and they enable me to find my own limits. And so that's a very important response.
1: One question for you, please. My four-year-old daughter has, over the last few weeks, started to display some very strong oppositional behaviour and violent verbalisations. Last night, when my wife had finished reading to her, my daughter clearly wanted more stories and protested by saying, I'm going to push you off the bunk bed so you die. Not ideal. The other thing is less extreme but very irritating is that when I ask her to do something like go to bed or brush her teeth, she will not budge through several calm requests. It's only when I move to physically force or cajole her to do it that she'll move under her own steam
3: yeah i would yeah it's not ideal uh, but this remember that uh, the children go through the terrible 2 3 stages so a 4 year old being becoming really unreasonable is not unusual that is the children between say 2 and 5 are at their worst behavior so it's not unreasonable but how how the parent deals with it is really important and so i would i would try and coach this child like at when they become unreasonable, like she says, I'm going to push off the bed, and I would actually go back to what it's all about and say to the child, well, you know, don't be upset. you say, but I love you a lot, so why you do this, you know? I don't think you really want that. And give her a big hug. Now, that is counterintuitive, but that's the, the protest of the child and the aggression of the child actually – is on top of the underlying need. I just want more of your love, more stories. Now, okay, they can't control their neediness, and so they need to be they need to be corrected. But sometimes, not buying into it's the best thing and doing the opposite. But then I would actually do what I talked about today, and that is just calmly sit down with this child, and have little talks about let's let's have some rules here, and uh, you know we can't read you all night. So and and then and let's let's make a list of what other things we do for you and what other things you do for us. And then when the child does this, won't do it, the physical uh, taking them to the thing what might work. Uh, you might, you might, but then there's dangers to that. Um, that is, if this child becomes more and more activated in their aggression, it will only get worse. I would go down this track of sitting down when she's calm and then ask her, would you mind um, uh, taking out one of your little privileges or could you make it up to me? And, and for example, would you mind? Uh, can you? Shall we sweep the, the floor together? Let's do something to make up for your mistake. Now that is in fact a double-edged sword for the child because you are with your child, helping them to make up by doing something. It's a restorative consequence, but the child does learn through doing that their behaviour is unacceptable. Again, this will take a while to settle in, but I would try that.
0: Thank you, Joseph Dreesen.